You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Josiah. And today, by phone, I'm joined by a guest who, if you are a regular of Horizons Church, you've been around for a while, he needs no introduction. But I'll introduce him anyway, because that's what I got to do. We're joined today by none other than John Eklund, mm-hmm. the one and only John Eklund. Mm-hmm. There is only one. There is no, yeah, there's no one else <laughs> quite like me. I can, I can hear all of our, our listeners cheering now. All the, hey, John's back, yay! Yeah, I, How does that I make like you feel? to think of it that way, too. <laughs> uh, delusions of grandeur are good. They're good for me. <laughs> oh, that's that is that is an interesting perspective from a recovery. How pastor. are you, Josiah? How are you doing? Me, I'm I'm great. I'm wonderful. I was better before I started talking to you. Oh, come on! Now. <laughs> must we? Must we go there? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, and I like to think of myself oh, as somebody who has uh, grown beyond. His father, you know. I I don't. Oh, amen. I don't. Amen. I don't feel that the need take to take much. I don't, <laughs> gosh, you're gonna get me fired. <laughs> Dad's no. gonna shut this podcast down so hard you wouldn't. He's just gonna it. ground you. He'll just ground <laughs> oh, you. Gosh. <laughs> Go to your rooms, <laughs> Dad. I'm 24. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, now that we've gotten all the the fun pleasantries out of the way. We're talking. Well, I hope it's, we, I hope this whole time is fun and pleasant. Oh yes, yes. I mean, I, you know, I do too. But our topic today, I mean, you know, it's it's not the most fun topic in the world. You know, it's 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 a it's a dour sort of a thing. It's not great. You know. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it, it's it's pleasant as you can make it. You know, that's yeah, that's wonderful. You know, yeah, I'm just well, I'm preparing. I'm preparing our audience. I'm just. Well, I don't. I don't. I think. We say at Celebrate Recovery that um, relapse is part of recovery. It's a, a reality, and and um, mm, that's good. You know, without without sin, you don't have grace. You don't. You know, you don't have um, this opportunity to uh, forgive. And and um, you know, he's a he's a God of second chances. So um, yeah, I, I, I know relapse is a it's a it's a huge problem, and it it can be extremely discouraging. But you you have some questions about the fact that Christian recovery is different. And I think that's one of the main things yeah. we can say is, is there's grace. Yeah. There's, uh, there's new life. There's, uh, his mercies are new every morning. And, and that's a pretty big part of why celebrate recovery has the word celebrate in it is yeah. because we do have a savior who, um, took care of our sin for us if we confess. So, yes, that's yeah. awesome. Well, so, you, our, our audience now knows, you know, we're talking about relapse. So oh. fun times. <laughs> was it a secret? Was <laughs> no, I supposed it, to wait? It's, I'm sorry. It's, it's a I'm secret, John. You couldn't reveal. I'm just kidding. No, you're fine. You are fine. Okay. There is there is grace even for this moment, you know? Oh, wow. That's just kidding. It's Thank totally you. fine. That was, <laughs> see, you and you even introduced the topic better than I would have. So oh, A plus, A plus to you. A plus to you. Right. Well, now, thanks. To ensure that we are all on the same page, however, uh, mm-hmm. when when you use the term relapse, and that's what we uh, we talked about this past weekend in the life of Abraham. Okay, even a guy like Abraham 
uh, relapsed. Uh, he had that incident, uh, incident in Genesis 13 where he pimped out his wife, Sarah, to uh, mm-hmm. Pharaoh uh, to save his own skin. And then 25 years later, he does it again with Abimelech in Genesis mm-hmm. 20, which is a pretty um, amazing thing. You think, man, 25 years, you don't think the same old kind of sin is going to sneak up on you and get you like that, but it got mm-hmm. a man like Abraham, mm-hmm. uh, who we herald mm-hmm. as a hero of the faith. So when you use the term relapse, what? how would you define that? What are you talking about when you say relapse? Well, you know, when we're talking about me as a as a celebrate recovery pastor, we obviously don't um, necessarily just talk about drugs and alcohol. It's it's any hurt, hang up, or habit that a person is trying to work through. If if um, it's hurting their family, it's hurting you know their their health. Then it's something that we're going to work towards changing. And so relapse, I'm a little hesitant to say every relapse is a sin. Um, so I don't necessarily want to say those two things are on equal footing. Um, so I'd, I'd say a relapse is falling back into a, a former state, mm-hmm. um, returning to an active phase of, of general unhealthiness after partial recovery. So just attempting recovery. So um, something that we try to uh, emphasize right off the bat when we're talking about somebody who needs help with something, whether it's anger. Um, if somebody says, well, I relapsed back into anger. Well, how did you do that? You know, yeah. what did you do? Well, I, I felt angry. Well, that's not necessarily relapse because <laughs> the Bible even says, you know, in your anger, do not sin. Those things are separate. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, it's very important. I, I just want to say this right off the bat is that it, it really should be defined um, by, by, your relationship with God and your relationship with one other safe, trusted person who's a little ahead of you in your Christian walk or your recovery mm-hmm. is that you guys define what recovery looks like. And then you define at the same time what um, relapse looks like. What is a codependent relapse? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, f- for some people, you know, it might just be that. Uh, your goal is to just come to a meeting every week, go to celebrate recovery every week. And that if you don't do that, that might be considered a relapse. So if it, if you kind of take a step back backwards in your attempt to, um, to work through a, a, a struggle and unhealthy hurt, hang up or habit. Um, I know that's pretty generalized, but I'd really, I really emphasize mm-hmm. saying, Hey, you should work with your sponsor, your accountability partner on what a relapse looks like to you. And um, again, a sin is a sin. I'm not trying to say uh, that uh, we can define, you know, we can, right. we can yeah, spend yeah. time to find the, the Bible does a good job with that, but yes. that's why I kind of don't want to put sin and, and relapse on the same, on the same footing. So mm-hmm. um, does that, does that make sense? I, I hear you. Yeah. So when, when you're talking about relapse or when you're looking at it and you're, you're thinking through these kind of issues, what, what are some of the most common reasons for relapse or what kind of, and I know that kind of, I guess, gets tricky, you know, if you're talking about um, having a, a different picture of that, depending on, you know, what your particular hurt habit hang up is um, and your relationship with your um, accountability partner, et cetera. But mm-hmm. when you are thinking through this and talking through this, what are some of the most common reasons for relapse or common situations that, uh, encourage, uh, relapse, uh, mm-hmm. as you've encountered them and as you think through these things? Well, one of the best 
relapse warning signs resources I've I've come across um, has about seven or eight things to really really watch out for. Um, and as far as we're concerned, uh, we we believe that just coming back to a meeting over and over and over is a huge part of recovery process. Whether you have an addiction, uh, whether you're trying to work through a resentment, um, whether you have some marital unfaithfulness, whatever it is that that going to meetings is an extremely huge first step and an ongoing step to continue your recovery. It's you know, it's kind of like going to the gym and working out. If, um, you know, if, if I go to the gym, if I just show up, I'm I probably am not going to sit on the couch and eat potato chips. You know, it could, I could. (laughs) Are you sure, John? Are you sure? Well, I mean, (laughs) I've not done it yet. It's it's a possibility, but if you go to the gym, you usually are going to work out, even if it's a bad workout. You know, I'll say this at the end of workout. A lot of times it's like, you know, it, it may not have been the best workout, but but it's better than if, if I hadn't shown up at all. So mm-hmm. recovery, a lot of times, is going to a meeting. So one of the one of the things um, that I see a lot of times that kind of precedes relapse is just not taking meetings seriously, not not just not showing up. Um, apathy. I think apathy is a huge um, part of of why people relapse. Kind of getting an "I don't care" attitude because there is a certain amount of desire, um, a certain amount of like. I'm I'm pretty sure that if I don't do this, really bad things are going to happen. Where the the pain overcomes the fear of of uh, of actually going and getting help. Where that that pain has to be pretty, still has to be pretty close. When people hit bottom, we talk about that's when they finally get help. So yeah. so when you can when you see somebody starting to develop kind of an apathetic attitude, and I don't care attitude towards their recovery, that's a that's a pretty bad sign. Mm-hmm. Um, rejecting help, um, yeah. rejecting when somebody says, you know what, I, you know, I'm good. I, I'm fine. I don't, I, you know, I, I can do this myself. Um, recovery is not meant to, to walk alone. So rejection of help can be a, a, a pretty bad, re, you know, a, a big sign and a reason that people could relapse. Uh, self-pity. <laughs> That's a big one. Um, <laughs> the hallmark of my generation. To that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Just, just kind of like I, uh, you know, poor me, everybody's against me. Um, Thoughts of controlled use. Uh, in other words, somebody says, "Well, if I could just have one mm-hmm. beer, I, I should be okay." I want to. I just, you know, I just. There's nothing like a cold beer after a hard day of work, and they just kind of say, well, "I just, you know, I think I can control it," or, you know, I, I think I can see this person one more time, or send that text, and just kind of tell them, <laughs> "Hey, you know, I've been thinking about you," and mm-hmm. it, you know, um, you know, just just going on Facebook and kind of rehashing some some old resentments. I mean, some of those kinds of things where you you just kind of start to to say, I can control this. That's a, that's a, that, that's a precursor. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just, I think resentments, um, stirring those things up. I already kind of mentioned that. So, um, yeah, I I think those, those things are, are, are signs and, and, and precursors to, to someone jumping back into, to their addiction. And, um, I always, I kind of always talk about the big three for me and that's, uh, I think relationships, um, mm-hmm. male female relationships, where where somebody is is um, in an unhealthy relationship, that that's a that's a big one. I think people um, getting into a position where something becomes more important, uh, work even something good can become more important than their recovery. Um, and then you know, from a Christ center perspective, obviously, um, not what we call taking that daily inventory, really 
engaging a relationship with Jesus Christ and our mm-hmm. powerlessness without him. Um, those are, those are some of the big threes that I, I really look for as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So if someone, let's say they, they're right on the verge of, of relapse yeah. and they know it and, um, <laughs> they actually take the step to uh, mm-hmm. call and ask for help before relapse occurs, um, which is, I, I guess that's probably the common conventional wisdom is that you would hopefully, you know, um, you call your accountability partner before, not after the relapse, yeah. right? As ideal. Yep. And, and that doesn't always happen. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. you still want them to reach out after. But in the situation where they, they do reach out before relapse, mm-hmm. what what do you say or do for them? And I'm even thinking in particular of, you know, if we got people that, um, you know, maybe, maybe you're just friends with somebody and, right, you know, right, you have right. no inkling of it. Um, you know, somehow sure. this has flown under the radar of your friendship and they, you know, this guy, you know, somebody calls you and says, man, I'm like, I'm right on the edge. Um, what do you, what do you, what do you do or say, or what would be your advice or counsel? Well, that, you know, that happens in your world. Um, when you have somebody that gives you a call, Josiah, and says, Hey man, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what are you feeling when they give you a call? What do you, what's, what's something going on inside of you as soon as they call and they reach out? Oh, I'm feeling like I'm glad they called. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. Um, so that, that's mm-hmm. the first thing is like, the first response is like, man, thank you. Good mm-hmm. job, man. Congratulations. I know you feel awful, <laughs> but you did the exact right thing by picking up the phone so just like really rewarding that behavior is humongous because that's a hard thing right yeah is to reach out i I think that's probably the hardest thing in the world to do for somebody in recovery is to admit one more time that they are sort of powerless can't control this thing and they need help right and rewarding that behavior is vital it's Mm -hmm. vitally important so number one is just congratulate them now now it depends on the issue right so If somebody calls you and says, well, you know, I, um, I feel like, uh, I want to drink, you know, it's going to be different if you tell them, um, look, uh, you know, I want you to, to, to pray with me. Let's, um, let's talk about, you know, how you're doing with your daily inventory. Um, remember this is one day at a time. If you and I can kind of enter into a a contract for today where we go, Hey, today I won't drink. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but but let's just make a commitment together. Uh, Maybe you need to go chat with them personally. Um, But now how is that going to be different than if somebody says, you know, I'm struggling with suicidal ideation. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be a pretty different conversation, right? So, you know, in that sense, you've got to decide, look, you know, how, how serious is this? Is this, is this going to, is this something that is, is going to cause them to not just relapse, but have a loss of life where you've Mm -hmm. got to say, well, maybe I need to call the police. Maybe. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on what, what that, um, what that ideation is. If it's, if it's somebody who's struggling with, with, uh, like I said before, like anger and they said, you know, I'm, I'm feeling really kind of guilty about the way I manage this, it may be that they manage it really well. And they've some, I know a lot of folks in recovery have a, I guess an oversized sense of, of, of guilt and shame. Um, a lot of folks have abuse in their past and, and, um, and, 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 you know, feelings of, of, of worthlessness. And, and so sometimes just saying, Hey, you know, I think you actually handled that pretty, 
pretty well. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, it's just I think just having that conversation is is vital. Congratulating them for reaching out. Yeah. Um, I think being vulnerable yourself, mm-hmm. saying you know when I've struggled in the past with this, or I've struggled, you know, I've recently struggled in this way. This this is kind of what 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 helps me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know being vulnerable. Assessing the risk and being extremely congratulatory about the fact that they reached out in the first place um, is very, very big. And then trying to get them to a meeting as soon as possible is is really, really important. And then um, one of the big things that I try to do is 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 get into that one day at a time mindset and say, you know, I know it's overwhelming to think, you know, I'll never be able to drink again, or it's overwhelming to think that um, you know uh, this relationship um, is something that I. I I can't continue to entertain, you know, it's just, well, well, let's just take it a day at a time. Let's just handle this today and tomorrow we'll see what, what goes on. Yeah. But uh, that's how Jesus wants us to handle our, our concerns is, yeah. is just kind of dealing a, you know, with it mm-hmm. a day at a time. Cause tomorrow's got enough worries of its own. True that. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's good. Um, so when we're talking about recovery and relapse, we're talking about it from, um, and you've mentioned this and hinted at it a few times, a very different perspective than, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I don't I don't even know that I like to use this term, but quote unquote, you know, secular recovery program. So sure, um, something like right. AA mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So what, in what ways does faith in Jesus play a difference in how we talk and think about recovery and relapse? Like, why is it? And I think there are some obvious answers to this, um, but I'm, I guess I'm thinking even in particular for people that maybe have no exposure to the church or anything like that. What would you maybe say, or what's the difference, you know, as opposed to saying, hey, buddy, um, here's why you should come to CR instead of mm-hmm. AA or um, something like that. Uh, yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? You tracking with me? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I want to make sure, you know, folks understand that that the 12 steps originated in a Bible study and the 12 step concept is extremely spiritual and, and originally God centered. So the first step is, is about admitting this, this powerlessness, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, if you do that, if you say "I'm, I'm powerless and my life is unmanageable without Christ, that's a pretty depressing thing to admit. There's, there's no hope there, you know, I mean, great. I'm powerless. My life's unmanageable. The end there, (laughs) there, there are no more steps. If that's, if there's no, if there's no God. Um, but the beautiful thing is, is as we move into uh, celebrate recovery, these, these second and third principles and steps, you move into this idea that there is a power greater than myself who can restore me to sanity. Mm Mm-hmm. And and then I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is is I'm gonna say you know as as Paul did in Romans seven the things I hate to do that's what I do the things I you know don't want to do those things I do what a wretched man I am who will save me from this body of <laughs> yeah. death that's that's ultimately the place that all of us need to get um, as just human beings we're we're all in need mm-hmm. of recovery recovery uh, here's a little secret. Oh, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag is that every human being needs recovery and recovery is just another word for, for sanctification really. Yeah. That, um, all of us come to a place where I think we understand, um, if we're believers that 
turning our life over to God is a, is a one-time, one-moment decision, but turning our will over to Him is is pretty much every moment. Yeah. And recovery is that. It's just saying, you know what, I'm, <clears throat> I realize I can't do this on my own. I am powerless. But again, as Paul realized, that, that God's power is perfected in my weakness, in that weakness, mm-hmm. in that weakness. That's where God's power is perfected in our admission of our dependency on him and our admission of our own powerlessness. So that's recovery ultimately. And so there's, I mean, I, I understand the disease concept, the idea of, of harm reduction in recovery, all these different pieces and parts, but ultimately where I've seen recovery happen is in the process of saying I'm powerless and I need help. And there's some power greater than me who can restore me to sanity and help me make these choices I can't make on my own, starting with salvation. Right. And so um, so it's in that process and then inviting other healthy people into that process of change, um, going through the amends process and forgiveness process, doing our inventory. You know, that's, that's where recovery happens. And so I, I just want to make sure, you know, you know, I, I've attended AA meetings and, and it's been very helpful. I've, yeah. I've, um, I recommend that when somebody, you know, I don't know who's listening to this, but if somebody is struggling with an addiction, I say, hey, one of the strongest tools in the recovery toolbox is doing a 90 and 90, 90 meetings in 90 days. And you can't always find nine, you know, uh, seven celebrate recoveries a week to go to. So sometimes <laughs> you got to go to an AA or an NA, but yeah. it's like anything else, you know, you, you, you've got to work it. Uh, it works if you work it. A lot of cliches in recovery, but it works if you work it. <laughs> and uh, so that's what I'd say. I mean, it's it's just Christianity 101. You know, turn your life over to Jesus Christ, surrender, and believing that when you do surrender, um, that he will absolutely um, he will absolutely empower you with his Holy Spirit to, uh, to do what you can't do. Um, I love um, reading in scripture this idea that if I keep in step with his spirit, if I, if I walk in the spirit, I will not yeah. gratify the desire of my sinful nature. It's just, it's not going to happen. I believe that's in Galatians. I mean, I won't, yeah. it doesn't say you might not. Uh, um, this is, if I keep in step with that spirit, I, I won't mm-hmm. gratify the desires of my sinful nature. That self-control is a fruit of the spirit. Um, that if I just, if I walk with God, he's going to do the work I can't do. Yeah. And, uh, that's, uh, I find that pretty encouraging myself oh, yeah. that uh, there's this place where when it comes down to it, it's as it's as simple and yet as difficult as saying I'm, I'm powerless and learning, uh, like Paul said in that same passage in Corinthians, to be content in uh, <laughs> the mm-hmm. fact that I'm, you know, I'm weak, that mm-hmm. um, I think that's something that, like you said, that does take a lifetime. Well, right. And, and, uh, I think you're you're a fan of C.S. Lewis as I am, and and oh, in yes. his mere Christ- <laughs> book, mere Christianity, you know his his chapter on pride, the great sin he calls it, is um, it's it's really the centerpiece of what what I think is at the core of of um, not receiving help and ultimately failing in our recovery is it's pride. Yeah. It's just saying I, I can do this on my own and, and that's what got us in trouble in the first place. And so when a person says I can't do this on my own, I need help, they're they're in a good place, man. They're in a really good place to to have God come in and say, Well I I can finally help you. Yes. 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 And amazingly he does that through things like 
celebrate recovery. Like he doesn't, mm-hmm. he even doesn't like, even the Holy Spirit, that same spirit that uh, mm-hmm. gives you the power to not gratify the desires of the sinful nature, he uses uh, community and oh, uh, right. ministries like CR. Like I just, I think that's another mind boggling piece to me that it's not, you know, oh, you have the Holy Spirit. So like now that you admitted one time you're powerless, you know? Oh, right. Um, man. And that's yeah. what you've been saying. You keep, you keep going, you know? Yeah. I remember that yeah. you used to say, keep coming back. Right. That's what, uh, right. The phrase, keep, keep coming, coming back. back. And, and, and James, you know, read confess your sins one to another and pray for each other so that you can be healed. There, there's healing there. And I, I think that's um, this, this idea of, of community, the other working with people through the process of recovery. Yes, God will forgive us our sins. He's faithful and just to do that as soon as we confess it. But then there's this healing process that is so important. And it really does take other people. And isolation is one of the worst things you can do for your recovery. And so, uh, yeah, it's pretty important that recovery is done in community. And, um, and there's a lot of, a lot of healing in that place. And then the coolest thing in the world is, is again, another cliche statement, but you cannot keep it unless you give it away. (laughs) The service piece of celebrate recovery and, and recovery in general is, is vital in, um, and not relapsing. Um, and, and mm-hmm. some people say, well, that, is that, is that towards the end of recovery? No, I mean, you can start serving immediately. And, right. uh, when you start to do that, it gets your mind off of, of, uh, of yourself. And, um, and it really puts, puts in perspective this idea that, um, that God has a purpose for your life. Yeah. And, um, it's pretty, it's pretty important that you, you start serving right away. Uh, that can be a, a huge guard against relapse as well. Yeah. So to bring this sort of full circle uh, as we, we wrap up here, mm-hmm. uh, is, there, is there a way that we talk about relapse or a way that we can talk about relapse and um, handle it that, um, that doesn't get at the root of it and just ends up, uh, for lack of a better term, puts a Band-Aid on a sucking chest mm-hmm. wound? Um, is, there, is there a way that we do that? And if so... Is there a way to stop doing that? Yeah, I really want to, there's a lot of things I could say about it. I really want to address church culture. And unfortunately, a lot of time church culture can say things like, just get over it, um, pray more, read the Bible more, and you'll be fine. Um, I, I think that there are times when church culture can be a little dismissive of recovery issues where... Um, some folks have, you know, uh, grown up in households where that's all they knew. Um, yeah. they didn't, they didn't have the coping skills. They, they didn't learn how to be a, a parent. They didn't learn how to manage pain. They, they didn't, they didn't work through frustration tolerance. Um, so, so there's just a lot of grace that is required, I believe, to help people work through recovery issues. So, I think one way to put a bandaid on it is is to do somewhat what the Pharisees had done, uh, and and you know they they didn't realize that that Jesus really needed to to spend more time with those who were struggling than anybody else. That he left the ninety nine mm-hmm. to go after the one. And some, unfortunately, my experience is sometimes church culture says, "Well, we need more attention than <laughs> than the one," and that's that is not what you know. The healthy don't need a doctor, right? That's 
that's what Jesus was trying to say is, is not that the Pharisees were <laughs> healthy. He said they were full of dead men's bones. That's not real healthy. Um, but he's saying, you know, those who admit that they need help, they're, they're, they're the ones who get help. Um, blessed yeah. are those who mourn. You know, they're going to be the ones who get comforted. So this idea that you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, it's an American ethic. It's not a church ethic. And so I think that can be a big problem when we, when we treat recovery and, re- and treat people's struggles in a way that's dismissive. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, uh, that's some, that's some good wisdom there. You know, that's some good wisdom. Oh, well, thanks. Just, uh, <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> this is recorded, right? It this is. is recorded. That is, you know, I may edit okay. that whole part out and make you sound self-congratulatory, oh. you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm kidding. Of course we will not do that. Uh, we are, we're very thankful that you were willing to take time out of your day to uh, talk with us. Uh, sure, man. And uh, I'm sure it will be a, a very pleasant surprise. Nobody nobody but the staff currently, as of right now, when we're recording this episode, knows that you are the featured guest for this week. And oh, yeah. I think it's just going to be – people are going to be driving to work Monday, and they're just they're just going to – they're just going to squeal. <laughs> Hopefully that is a good – <laughs> yes, whether of joy or terror, we can't say. Well, I, I love Horizons Church. Um, you guys um, are doing amazing work and um, love everybody there. So grateful to to be uh, on this with you, brother. Good yeah. talking with you. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And for those of you who are listening, don't forget, if you have a question that you'd like us to try to tackle, and maybe, who knows, we bring John Eklund back one day hey, hey. to tackle one of those questions, <laughs> you can you can email those questions to podcast at horizonschurch.net. John, thank you once again very, very much for joining us for this conversation, and we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.